Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze all the films in the DC Cinematic Universe, one individual minute at a time. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Sam Otten. You can find me on Twitter at Otten Sam. And I'm also the host and one of the co-writers for the Justice League Universe podcast. We're at JLU Podcast. Sweet. And today, on this very special Tuesday, it's not that special, we're talking about minute number 37 of Dawn of Justice. The minute's going to start out with uh, the Daily Planet employees uh, continuing to watch uh, the Heroes Park news coverage. And the minute's going to end with a... I wrote this. It's an establishing shot of an apartment building in the inner city. <laughs> I have a question mark there. Yeah, so. we'll get to why. We'll get. I'll get. We'll. We we're gonna get there. So pump your brakes, Mark. Yeah, just pump them. Jump the brake on. Uh, Are we uphill? Which way should I turn my tires? Four wheel drive. Oh, don't <laughs> even ask me that one. <laughs> okay. Um, so something that you touched on last yesterday sam mm-hmm. um and it, it definitely gets brought up in this minute like right away by this news reporter um so wallace defaces this statue in heroes park and um the news reporter says that they brought the man down from this beloved monument um which kind of gives this impression that most of metropolis is pro superman uh, well, yeah. Yeah. But I think what's important to notice is that, um, and it gets said in this minute, but if you haven't heard what Perry White is about to say, um, it kind of makes you question if this honeymoon between Superman and the world is kind of ending. Mm-hmm. And people are now starting to question things, you know, 18 months later, which is something that kind of happened with uh, 9-11 and also kind of happened with uh, your mother Nate was telling us the other day about when she was in high school and she experienced the whole uh, Mr. Uh, uh, President Kennedy being oh, assassinated the Kennedy's at, yeah, and okay. like how everyone was grieving during that time but you mm-hmm. know it wasn't until like years later that people actually were like stopped and you know it was like wait a minute was something really going on yeah kind of thing like, yeah it's I mean uh, like an event like that it's uh, it it festers is the wrong word well i did right here that you know the you know now that time has passed questions are starting to sprout like weeds. Yeah. so fester isn't a bad term to use uncle fester <laughs> uncle fester sam what are your thoughts on it yeah i think i mean there's a few things like there's human nature and then there's kind of a media side of it so like human nature it's hard for millions of people to all stay on the same team for an extended period of time so like if everybody was unified in like saying wow thank you to superman he like saved the whole world and definitely saved like metropolis where they were seeing the invasion from zod and stuff so like for a little while people all agreed that superman was a good guy and that he saved everybody human nature is you're not going to all stay on the same team for very long especially like in current times where it's very like partisan like people split off into their opposing teams so i think it was basically only a matter of time for man of steel before people start going off onto the opposite teams and where they start forming up like i like superman well i'm like anti-superman now and like you know i'm gonna find people online who are also anti-superman and we're gonna make a little anti-superman club and then we're gonna like reinforce each other into that team Um, So I think that that's like human nature part of it. And then I think there's the media part of it, which is the media, like 
that's trying to get sales and like we were talking with Perry like he needs to try to get his circulation up and now there's like news media that wants to get a lot of viewers it it gets to be kind of a boring story if it's just this guy who was good is still good like that mm-hmm. story is not going to bring in a lot of viewers but if you have a story like this guy who we thought was good just did something devious or maybe he's not as good as we thought like those headlines people are going to be like oh i better tune into that because maybe superman's not as good as i thought he was and like that's because that gets viewers or because that gets readers that's what the media is going to be looking for they're like looking for the mm-hmm. moment where they can kind of pivot and start to like question superman and then that'll get like their circulation up yeah like um well we'll we'll get something very apparent from Perry White that is exactly that. Um, but hearing you analyze like the response that people are now having for Superman, um, the questions that Lois Lane asked Superman um, in minute number 26, I believe, uh, when he comes home to kind of like surprise her. Mm-hmm. And she's, she has the questions of like, um, I'm, I'm saying I want to know what happened. Um, I'm saying thank you for saving me, but I'm saying that there's a cost for that. And it's like you could take those same questions about people, just in general, about Superman and the Black Zero event. Yes, thank you for saving me, but there was a cost, and I want to know what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now those, you know, now they're asking the same questions. Um, and now with the Nairobi incident, now you have two incidents to talk about, mm-hmm. which is not good for Superman. Snowballing, <laughs> man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Wallace's name for the third time in this film. So if you don't know his name by now, that's on you. Do you see the su- the subtitles on this minute? How his last name wasn't uh, capitalized? Yeah, but his Vernon was. Vernon was. Just on the subtitles, though. So I'll, I'll have to contact the guy who wrote the subtitles. <laughs> it wasn't you? No, I didn't write. Well, you think I wrote every subtitle in this film? I, I don't. I don't. I completely honest with you, Mark, I have no idea how those subtitles got on there. And you're the one that broke up these minutes, so I'm <laughs> thinking that you took some stenography classes in high school, and you just like went to town, man. Well, thanks. I think yeah. that's a compliment. I think that's that is a compliment. I always thought his last name was O'Keefe, like O apostrophe Keefe. I thought it was Irish. O'Keefe. <laughs> Wallace that's O'Keefe. F- that's from. What is that from? I don't know. I thought that's that was from a, something. Oh, maybe. Maybe I'm getting confused with someone else. But I was. Maybe that's why it's lowercase. Maybe someone thought there was an O there, and they're like, "No, I'll delete it." <laughs> they deleted the O and so <laughs> it, it, it correct. It didn't correct the K. Yeah. Wait, no, a K should be capitalized if there was an O and then apostrophe. Oh, it still gets capitalized? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I am not Irish, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, well if you're Irish, anyway. let me know about your last name and how you spell it. And why you spell it that way. <laughs> um Why do you think he's shouting out I work for Bruce Wayne? Exactly. It's one of the questions that I've uh, I've seen this movie countless times and I still get stuck on this one thing. Like, why? What does that mean? What it, yeah, exactly. What does that do for you? I mean, like you obviously have the cops like un- uncuff him like, like oh, oh crap, sorry. he works for I'm Bruce sorry, Wayne. I'm sorry, he works yeah. for Bruce Wayne. So yeah. there's a million other people who work for yeah. Bruce Wayne. It's like, hey, I work for Bruce Springsteen. Oh, wait, hang on, don't send that guy Bruce to jail. Springsteen, not that I can That's the, the if yeah. someone was defacing a statue in the name of Bruce Springsteen. He wrote made in the USA. Born in the USA. See, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know Springsteen songs, Mark. Neither do I. Apparently. Sam, uh, but yeah, he why says? is he why is he screaming it? So when we did our analysis on this scene, I actually also didn't have a good answer at the time that we like wrote and recorded the analysis, or I might have still been doing mm-hmm. it by myself this time. But uh, since then, I don't know if I still have a great answer. But I mean, it could be that he was 
maybe he had thought through like, okay, I'm going to make this big demonstration. I assume I'm going to get arrested because he didn't seem to have any kind of exit plan or whatever. Um, So he probably knew he (laughs) was going to get arrested. And so maybe his thought was when I'm arrested, maybe Bruce Wayne will like help me. He'll maybe like lend his lawyers or maybe he'll come bail me out because Bruce Wayne had helped him before. And so he might think of Bruce Wayne as like a good guy. And Superman is like has gotten all of his hatred as his life as Wallace's life has fallen apart. So maybe he just had this vague, vague plan of like, once I get arrested, Bruce Wayne might help me out. And then in the moment, it came out as just like him yelling, I work for Bruce Wayne. Like, that's kind of all he says at the moment. But maybe he's trying to get the message out there almost like to Bruce Wayne. Like, I'm trying to get Bruce Wayne's attention. And maybe he will be loyal or like, you know, have sympathy for me and come help out. But the thing that's like ironic is he's trying to call out to Bruce Wayne, maybe. But the people who notice are Clark. Clark's like, oh, man, like it really hits Clark hard that this guy like feels so much hatred and anger towards Superman. And then the other person who notices is Lex because Lex sees like, oh, I can use this Wallace guy as a pawn in my like overall plot. So Wallace like caught exactly the wrong attention. And Bruce Wayne does not notice him until much too late. Like he doesn't Mm -hmm. really notice him until the Capitol like event and then Bruce is like, you know, he it, he'd been trying to send him checks, but I just viewed that that was through like a big pool of like lots of people getting checks. I don't think Bruce yeah. Wayne like noticed him individually as a person that needed help because Bruce Wayne is like in his own clouded mental state. Right. That's why he's like blind as a bat. Yeah. He's blind as a bat to these people that might have needed him. Good. Good call. Yeah. Uh, I do like that. You said that he's, you know, using the drop in the Bruce Wayne name to try to get attention. Um, we learn later on in the movie that, you know, you brought it up with the checks and everything that obviously uh, Wallace doesn't see those checks. Something is afoot on yeah. those. So in my opinion, I always thought that Wallace thought that Bruce abandoned him, even though like he helped him out and everything. He still feels as though uh, abandoned by him. So like that was why it, it sat weird with me where it's like, why are you calling out to this guy that you thought was going to help you? And yet, clearly, he doesn't care about you. Do you think he was attacking both Superman and Bruce Wayne? He was like, first, I'm going to face this statue. Probably. But then I'm also going to call out Bat, or I'm going to call out Bruce Wayne for saying that, yo, I worked for that guy and I haven't received yeah, anything. Probably. Yeah. There's, That's, uh, yeah. It's possible. There's nothing really explicit, though, of him showing anger towards Bruce. It's very yeah. explicit that he has lots of anger towards Superman. But Yeah. Now, um, I thought it was interesting because if he is calling out for Bruce Wayne to come and kind of save him kind of thing, and we have seen Bruce Wayne save him in the second week that we did this, those episodes, and I've always made this kind of connection that the way Bruce helps Wallace off the ground is kind of the same kind of pose that this Superman statue is in. Like, he helps him off the ground. So I think there's a parallel there of, like, maybe Bruce Wayne is Wallace's god, but, like... Statue. His savior. There you go. Yeah. So, and not Superman, mm-hmm. which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, what the? Out of toner again? Oh, Lois Lane is going to kill me. Hey, does anyone know where we keep the toner cartridges? Of course. Everyone knows we keep the toner cartridges in the supply closet. The only problem is we're completely out. I just checked. Completely out? But I gotta get these articles printed and on Perry's desk by Monday, the latest. Well, you could go to amazon.toolmedia.com and buy the toner from there. 
They definitely get here before Monday. Amazo who? Amazon.tooldmedia.com. You can find almost anything on there, and it'll get here faster than a speeding bullet. And a fraction of what you pay for goes to helping out some podcast called DC Cinematic Minute. Well, that's awesome. I'm all about helping others, as you know. <laughs> all right, so Amazon.tooldmedia.com. Well, I better get to it before Superman stirs up another headline. So, with that, they uh, put into question uh, the charges that he's going to be arraigned, which is charges for vandalism, uh, resisting arrest, but also there's a felony charge in there, uh, which is, what is it, threats of terrorism? Threats of terrorism, uh, making terrorist threats. So, I took that as making bombs, man. Well, yeah. What is he doing on screen right now, spray painting false god? How is that threats of terrorism? Uh, depends on what he said. I'm not sure. I mean, what if he said, I got bombs in here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Yeah. I uh, mean, like, that's that's why I always thought that the, they're not candles. They were maybe, maybe, I don't even know if they were real bombs. Maybe it was something to make it look like a bomb. Maybe he's all talk. Yeah. Well, I think he is. But then, you know, maybe he was saying, hey, I'm also going to blow up the statue at some point. Maybe, but then, maybe he's saying, I don't know. Maybe he's like, I don't know, maybe he's not thinking. Maybe he's just shouting out things like, I'm going to find a way to kill Superman or something. Like, you know, he's just angry. He's being arrested. Of course he'd be angry. It also, all that stuff possible, and it also could be that the media is just jumping the gun, and, like, the media is is throwing around bigger words than are actually applicable. Like, it might have just been vandalism, but it makes a good story because it's the Superman statue and all the stuff we talked about before. So, like, the media is like, ooh, we've got a hot story that we can try to, like, run. And so we might throw around some bigger words, you know, like terrorism and stuff, even though it might just be vandalism. Or and 40 years in prison. 40 years. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be that he said lots of things to the police officers that went beyond just the spray paint. Yeah. Like, I got a bomb in this backpack. <laughs> now that is terrorism. Yeah. You can get dropped for that. Like, I, I understand that. Like, the way the police officers handle this situation is very contained, which is good on them. You got to think about the world that they live in, man. In Metropolis? Yeah. Because if it was Gotham City, he'd be dead. Probably. <laughs> but again, I mean, this is like, it's it's the central hub for Superman. And I think we said it last week with the with the... Bruce had a map of Metropolis and it had all like the red area and the symbols and stuff. Yeah, two weeks ago, whatever. Um, that we are assuming that's paths of Superman yeah, or like Superman places that he's been, been whatever. Stuff. It was a lot of areas. So like I think the general consensus consensus in Metropolis, even in the slums that Superman is supposed to be living in or whatever, yeah. I think it's supposed to be like, hey, we're safe. Hey, we're protected. This is a pristine city of tomorrow, you know, with yeah. LexCorp here building up buildings like crazy and, and fixing everything from the Black Zero event, as well as Superman stopping regular street crime. It seems like that the cops can kind of take a chill pill, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which would be nice, yeah. Which would be nice? Yeah, it'd be nice to live in that. Um, yeah, but then it's, it's, it's false security. It's a sense of false security. Could be. I mean, but he still gets just arrested and taken away. I mean, doesn't. Well, yeah. He's allowed to say what he needs to say. True. I don't know. But then he is charged with. Is he charged or like he may be charged with a felony charge of threatening uh, charges? Felony charge making terrorist threats is what I, I wrote think he down. was actually charged with that. But I, uh, that comes later in the arraignment. So 
um, he could be charged with that. Um, mm. But after all is said and done, then we cut to uh, poor little Kal-El who has to watch this. And um, I wrote down what might be going on in his head. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, his face is very kind of, it's very, uh, why does this human hate me? Kind of thing, which is, I feel like is a powerful question for a person like Superman. I Do you think he's just thinking about solely Wallace hating him? I feel like he's thinking about more. I, I assume that Cal has a bigger picture why, of the why world. Why do humans hate me? Why, does, why are there people that don't like me? Yeah. And it's like, and it's not more, it, it's kind of, that sounds a little bit egotistical, where it's like someone's need or want to be liked. Where it's like in Cal's case, he's thinking that he is doing right by, ultimately by his dad. Uh, that he's like helping up, every, helping both everybody dads. out. Yeah, both dads. So like, you know, that's like going to that father-son mentality of like, oh, I, I can't live up to what you wanted me to be, dad. Bummer. And like, maybe that's shown a little bit here. I think that's a little, a little black and white for me to explain that, but there's something there. It is. So with Clark, like usual, it's, it is unspoken. So like, it's really, it asks the viewer to have to like put in this effort of like thinking about what is he going through? What's Clark going through and reading his body language and stuff. And the, mm-hmm. the way that I interpreted it is like a little, is similar to what you're saying, but a little bit different. Like I interpreted it not as like, Oh, why doesn't everybody like me? I'm just trying to do the right thing. I viewed it as sort of like, wow, people don't like me or people are upset with things that are happening. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to rethink like how I'm handling myself or how I'm doing things. And so like Lois has kind of talked to him about this, the African incident, the backlash to the African incident, and now this. So I took it as sort of like, he's just sad at the state of affairs and he's starting to like reflect on himself. Like, wow, what do I need to do to make this better because I'm getting some feedback that actually there are some problems with how I'm like being perceived. So it's like, it's kind of the same sentiment that you're talking about, but I put like a, just a little bit of a different emotion attached to it. Well, so, um, I think he's always been aware of some people not, um, being fond of him. You know, I think because, uh, a few weeks ago we were talking about minutes where he's kind of, fed up with the way the government kind of thinks about him and you know he doesn't care what they're what they're having to say or what they're trying to pin on to him um but this might be the first big display of aggression towards superman that was your answer that was the answer from was that yesterday what i asked if the spray painting was the first big public display of yeah what yeah and this yeah i think it is are you answering that are you saying that this this, this whole incident but this you know for up until now superman has always been like all right so some people who don't like me but now this is like this is like this is different than the hearings you know sam pointed out that it was like the hearings should have been like the first public display of yeah discrepancies the hearings were like a public critique but this one is an actual act of violence yeah okay yeah it's like uh it's like when you hear it's like we know that white supremacists exist and then it's not until they have a huge rally in some state about statues that you're like wait a minute these guys are militarized and they're forming up together now it's a big display i have a question and i don't know what kind of water i'm treading on here but if someone were to go and spray paint something on 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 the white house spray paint something obscenity or whatever like the false god is that considered vandalism or would that be a terrorist act vandalism is that just vandalism it should just be vandalism because i was thinking like if if the u.s government or on whatever what yeah 
I guess, yeah. Because I was thinking if, 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 you know, they see Superman as being this pristine American hero and someone's, like, defacing that, like, oh, you that's, you know, terrorist activities against that thing. I don't, is that, is that weird? Am I s- sounding into You're not sounding weird, but the situation is weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I'm here. I make weird situations. Mark. Yeah. But no, yeah, it is like, this is it. This is him seeing that um, kind of what he's been putting under under the rug is starting to become too much of a problem. He's bottling up all those emotions and shoving them down, and they're just going to burst out again yeah, when he's exactly. 40. And, uh, you know, he doesn't do anything about it in this. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's at the end of this minute. And it's not only the spray paint on the statue, but it's also Perry saying, "Hey, here's the headline we're gonna have. You know, like the honeymoon yeah. is over, end of love affair with the man in the sky." Um, so, like now, Clark is like he not only saw that on the TV, but he's like, "Wait a minute, my editor is actually pitching that like the story from this might actually be that." we are starting to see flaws in Superman, you know? So it's all got to hit, yeah. him, hit him pretty hard. And again, like, unspoken, no dialogue here from Clark, but we just have to read his body language and try to empathize with him, like, wow, what he's feeling like. And there was an earlier minute where he said, like, I don't care what they say, but when a person says, I don't care what they say, it usually means that they care a lot what they say. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he was already starting to feel it, and now it is, like, hitting him pretty square in the chest, you know? So we said that um, our thoughts that, you know, Perry probably knows that Clark and Superman are one and the same. What is the effects of him shouting out that title, you know, in, in our mind, Perry knowing that that's Superman and he's you know, deliberately telling him right well, there to his face. Again, this is, um, the, you know, after hearing that, so that he says headline end of love affair with man in the sky, question mark. And it's like, do you think Perry actually believes that? Or is that just trying to sell the so article? I think it's trying to sell the article. Yeah. If he does know, then it was kind of a, a little bit insensitive of him to say it like right in front of Clark though. Yeah, almost, or maybe it's supposed to keep up the the facade that he doesn't know, and it's like, hey, I gotta I gotta play along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Perry is when it comes down to it, like he's very protective of you know he's friends with all of them. Like that is kind of like it's a they're all kind of family at this point. Yeah, they've been through a lot, so I don't think Perry is that much of um, a terrible person. I don't know lost in sense of morale or morals um i think it is just trying to sell the newspaper yeah so it's like hey i know it's gonna sell um and like we said every other headline that we'll kind of hear from him it's not that he believes it it's just he knows that that's a good first thing yeah Yeah, it's It's like like, boom i know that because it's like we'll get to it because at minute 40 that's when it is that Mm -hmm. I'll, i'll have uh the basis of my argument but so i'll save it for then but yeah everyone else in the office uh except perry is just more shocked and appalled that people are like that because everyone in this office has seen uh firsthand you know superman saving them Mm -hmm. uh -hmm. he asked jenny he's asked jenny to be the one that prints that headline um and she can't believe that Perry's even asked her that. She was the one that we knew. Uh, yeah, Superman well, saved everybody in the movie. And I think what's mm-hmm. most alarming is that um, 
it's okay for like maybe Wallace because Wallace wasn't. Um, I don't know. Perry was there. That's what's so alarming about it was that Perry was there with her. I mean, you were there when it happened. The only thing you guys saw right before, you know, right before Superman saved you was that you were going to die. That's the only thing that was coming towards you. It was mm-hmm. just this black zero pulse wave thing that was crushing cars in front of you. And it was seconds away from killing you. Like, you were about to die. And then here, you know, the man himself, the man of steel himself is the one that saved you. So it's like to even be printing that headline, it's like she's completely offended that she has to write it but she has to agree because that's her job and i you know it's just it sucks for her it sucks for uh lois lane like her heart sinks from hearing that headline like Mm -hmm. you literally see her just like so like defeated and then and then she has to look at clark who's just sitting there by himself looking at the ground just questioning who knows what himself yeah his existence yeah it's just (laughs) he's very defeated you know? Yeah, for sure. Do you think that it was, like, just because it sounded better to say Man in the Sky, or do you think it was meaningful that they chose to say End of Love Affair with Man in the Sky instead of, like, Superman? Because for me, if it is meaningful, it might be because of, like, Man in the Sky could be just, like, a general reference to God, and it includes Superman, but it could include, like, other ideas of God. And so it it might be connected to a sense of, like, is modern day society like losing its faith or is God dying in like the current society and way we're, you know, thinking about doing things? Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, I think that it, throughout this movie, there's, is it though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, throughout this movie, I think that there's a, um, a noticeably, uh, difficulty with the word, with people saying the word Superman, mm-hmm. we really only hear it like said, um, I guess properly in like the Senate hearings and like when like, you know, the senators are like referring to Superman and stuff. Everybody else kind of has like a, you know, Lex, he can't say it. Hmm. Uh, he doesn't want to say he it. He doesn't want to say it. Batman mm-hmm. and, and Alfred don't say it at all. Like mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's like, there's something about that name that I mean, even Perry doesn't even want to print it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like this universe is wet. Like there's something in this world that the name Superman they're trying to take the meaning out of it. You know what I mean? They're trying to uh, what is it? Is this some sort of Harry Potter quote where it's like fear in the name only increases the fear in the thing itself or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You make it almost like um, if you said it, you're making things worse, kind of yeah. thing. Um, so they, they kind of treat it as like, uh, uh, something that they would be offended to say or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is kind of a drastic change when we look at what would be the third part of this trilogy where they say that name without any hesitation. Yeah. Even Suicide Squad, they say it without hesitation because (laughs) of the way this film ends but we'll get there when we get there yeah (laughs) that'd be cool that's a cool idea though i hadn't thought of that like maybe he kind of gets his name and everybody's just more open with his name after his sacrifice that's kind of cool probably yeah i wouldn't put it past him yeah (laughs) so so clark has his head down and stuff but i also thought it was nice that the filmmakers give a shot of lois 
like Lois sees Clark's pain and like she knows how this mm-hmm. is like she knows oh like this is going to hurt Clark in his heart you know um to see these reactions to him so I thought that was nice to like again it's all unspoken but like a lot of not only Clark but a lot of Lois and Clark's relationship is also just between their unspoken bond between each other and that they can mm-hmm. em- empathize and connect and they use that here yeah I mean just look at that guy he's so defeated and he's like he doesn't know what else to do, but I think um, we haven't seen him learn from it yet. Like, yeah, he, what is it, like, the cat almost got out of the bag here, but then he just puts it right back in the bag and just, like, goes back to work. Like, he's like, oh, that, like, hurt my feelings and everything, but he doesn't do it. Like, I mean, he just, like, he, it hurts him, but he bottles it back up. He turns to his desk and then in the very next scene, he's go- he's off to do some reporting. And it's, I'm not saying anything bad about the movie. That's the character. Like, that character is that, um, I don't, it's weird to say Superman's flawed, but I mean, like, he's still learning. Whoa, what do you mean? Why do you think it's weird to say that he's flawed? Well, because Superman is supposed to be perfect. Oh. <laughs> but it's like, here it is. Here's the character learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that, that's what I'm saying. It's not anything bad with the film. I'm saying that's that's what we have to see we have to see oh, this character yeah. like, okay. like and that's what's i don't know that's what's interesting about it yeah i think it's that this th- character has room to grow i agree like some people might view it as just a flaw like oh clark has this really deep emotion a reaction but then in the next scene he's not immediately acting on it to do something he's actually just going to do his assignment and then he is going to try to like yep. follow he is going to try to follow up on the african thing but he's sort of just doing it pretty nonchalant like normal but i think that that actually is pretty realistic like you feel feelings first and you recognize that there's maybe a problem and people don't act on it immediately because if it's a complex problem you don't know how to act on it yet like you have to actually sort of digest it think about it from a few different angles and then like realize down the road like what you might try to do and so for me it's kind of like he isn't sure what to do he's just becoming aware of a problem of how people are like receiving him or reacting to superman and then he is going to try to follow up on the african incident because he's still not quite sure all what was going on there and then really where he makes a decision of like okay i need to do something is when he goes to the capital and then that's you guys can cover Mm -hmm. that later but like for me like it's all swirling inside of him for several scenes and then he's like, I guess I have to try something. I, maybe I'll humble myself and go to the Capitol and I'll try to answer their questions. Yeah. And see, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's nothing wrong with the film because I enjoy that that uh, character doesn't have all the answers because how could you? I mean, if he was perfect and there wouldn't even be a film, right? So it's like there wouldn't be a story to tell. So, you know, with him dealing or actually not dealing with the issue, that is set up for good character progression. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, you said it, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we cut to a scene um, that's not actually in the theatrical cut. Oh, is this a ferry boat? Yes. Okay. So after uh, the Daily Planet scene, we see Clark Kent walking upstairs. He's on a ferry now mm-hmm. that's headed towards Gotham, and you get this... Um, you get this view of Gotham that's not so pretty from the eyes of Metropolis. Um, you can see the air pollution that we talked about from the newspaper articles and everything. Um, definitely visually 
mm, similar to Metropolis, but not so pretty. Like which city is classic, state. classic Gotham city skyline. Yep. Is that it? That's all I had. But I didn't know if you guys wanted to comment on anything from this special edition. Have you ever ridden on a ferry? Yeah. Yeah, have you? I stayed in Jersey City, which I, I think know. is this. Is it? There's there's. I think Gotham City is like the Jersey City to the New York metropolis, I think so. right? But there's ferries? Yeah. You take Dude, a ferry. Tell- I'm not oh. uncultured. <laughs> yeah. You can take it. <laughs> I mean, what's weird is that if you're actually going from Jersey City to New York, it looks a lot closer than that. Than what we're seeing yeah, here. Yeah, it's like you could probably have a yellow conversation as a person over in Jersey City. I think later on in this movie, we <laughs> see a little bit shorter of a distance between the the two bays. Yeah, it seems a little too far out there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe camera angle. Maybe it's lower. It's obviously lower than Clark. Makes it seem like distance. Yeah, maybe it's that. I don't know. Or maybe... Uh, no, they have tall skyscrapers in Gotham. I was going to say maybe yeah. it's really short buildings, but no, it's a, uh, it seems it's compared to Jersey city and New York and Metropolis and Gotham. It's a little far. There's a map on the internet that like is of Metropolis and Gotham city. It's all of it. It's like the United <laughs> States and it's supposed to show like where everything, like, the, you know, the gem yeah, cities mid, and everything. Midwest city. Midway. Midway. There's like all of them. It's kind of neat. I would suggest looking it up. And you there, should post it. There is a detailed no, map. Say. Uh, there's a detailed map from Turkish Airlines of like Gotham and Metropolis, like in the movie universe. So that's pretty yeah. cool to look at too. I don't know if oh, it has a scale film? given. Yeah, it was like part of the promotional materials with Turkish Airlines. Yeah. Hmm. I need to take a look at that. Um. So yeah, after he kind of boards the ferry, then we see uh, a cut of to the inner city of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bus going by, and then there's a police car. Do you so. want to cut it there? you want to stop there? Uh, I think we could stop here. Okay. Unless you guys have anything to say. I mean, yeah, but it's for, like, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Sam? The only other thing I had for this minute was Clark Kent's costume. I really like it. Um, like, you know, we've seen the glasses before, but here we got, like, the jacket that he's wearing and stuff. And uh-huh. he, he's now, like, out in the world as Clark Kent, the reporter. And I just, I liked the costume choice that they had. I do yeah, too. Absolutely. Um, we talked with Rebecca about um, the filmmakers hiding his physique in yeah, baggy clothes. The big mm-hmm. old clothes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. seem you can't tell that he's a little nerdier. Yeah. Um, Sam, but you're also a fan of the theatrical cut over the Ultimate Edition, aren't you? Yep, I am. I mean, I like both, but uh, if I had to pick one, it'd be theatrical. If I got to have my perfect one, it would be the theatrical plus like 10 minutes of the extended but i wouldn't take the whole extended cut what are the 10 minutes uh well i haven't i haven't actually made the cut (laughs) but (laughs) there are certain parts of it that i think are just not needed and for me like if it's not really needed i would probably cut it out um this little trip over to gotham i would probably keep it um keep at least part of it i could maybe shorten it a little bit but I do like seeing the actual ferry across the bay just to like get a little bit more of that sense of space about how these like cities are situated, which I think pays off well later with the fight uh, with doomsday and stuff. Um, So, and I do like seeing Clark Kent out there doing the story and it's to me, I like it. Well, this is more the next minute. So I do like parts of this little journalistic scene that he has. Okay. Yeah. We could save it for tomorrow. 
Um, if you've enjoyed everything you've heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEO Minute. And we also love reading out all our five-star reviews that we get on iTunes, so that really helps us out if you want to leave us a review there. And you can join us, some of our other guests and listeners, on our Facebook group. Uh, it's called the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute. Thank you.